You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from our congressional care pastor, Aaron Caton. God is good. Amen. Amen. Tonight, the message is God is near. God is near. We're in Psalm 75. Every, every time that I ever, uh, I just always pray and I say, God, what do you want the people to hear? What, what do you have for the people that you want them to hear? And it's a good crowd, so thank you for coming out. Psalm 75, unto thee, O God, do we give thanks. Unto thee do we give thanks, for that thy name is near, thy wondrous works declare. When I shall receive the congregation, I will judge uprightly. The earth and all the inhabitants thereof are dissolved. I bear up the pillars of it, Shelah. I said unto the fools, deal not foolishly. And to the wicked, lift not up the horn. Lift not up your horn on high. Speak not with a stiff neck. For promotion neither comes from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. And for in the hand of the Lord there is a cup, and the wine is red. It is full of mixture, and he poureth it out of the same, but the dregs thereof. All the wicked of the earth shall wring them out and drink them. But I will declare forever. I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. All the horns of the wicked also will I cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. Psalm 75 and 1, he says, Unto thee, O God, do we give thanks. Unto thee do we give thanks, for thy name is near thy wondrous works. They give thanks. Asap is the author of this psalm, and I don't know if David, if he overheard David's conversations and he wrote what David has spoken, I don't know if God has spoken to him himself, but Asap is the writer of this psalm. And he's thankful. He's telling God that we're thankful. Anyone here thankful for God? Huh? What are you thankful for? Huh? What are you thankful for? Let God hear what you're thankful for. Let us hear what you're thankful for. If you got just a popcorn, thank you right now. Just stand up and say, I'm thankful for this. Anybody? I'm thankful for my salvation. Go ahead, Desi. Thankful for my help. Another day of life. Anybody else? Thankful for the blood of Christ. Thankful for the spirit. Anybody else? Ever stand up. What? Thank you for the cross. Thankful for mercy and grace. Everett, you got one? You sure? Huh? I saw your hand go up. Thankful for his faithfulness. Amen. Look at, look at your neighbor, neighbor and tell him, I'm thankful for you. David is thankful. And the Israelites, they're thankful. They're thankful for the victories that have been over and over and over. If you go to 2 Samuel 8, you'll read countless victories. They defeated the Philistines and subdued them by conquering the largest city. They defeated the Moabites, the Moabites, and he laid them down. He laid the Moabites down, he conquered them, and he laid them down in three different groups. In the first two groups, he slayed them. In the third group, he spared them. And they chose to serve him. And then they chose to bring money, tribute money, to King David. King David fought and conquered Hadad Ezer, son of Rohab, king of Zobah. 
in taking, curl, taking control of the Euphrates rivers. When you, when you control the water source, you control everything. They struck down 22,000 Arameans, and they became subject to David and Israel, and they brought tribute money to King David. King David and his army, they took gold shields, they took bronze from these armies, and they brought it back to Jerusalem. King, uh, King Toh of Hamath heard of David's victories, and he sent silver and gold and bronze. King David did something that most kings don't do. He took all that, and he dedicated it unto the Lord. The Lord gave King David and Israelites all these victories. And he said, wherever you go, I'll be with you. Those are the victories. There's a lot to be thankful in all that. In, in, in Psalms chapter 8, it just continues to, to overflow the victories that David and the Israelites have had because God is with them. But he tells them also, he spoke a word over them in 2 Samuel chapter 7 in verse 10. And God is making a covenant with David and he says, moreover, I will appoint a place for my people. Israel. He didn't, in this covenant with David, he's not saying, I will appoint a place for you, David. He says, I will appoint a place for my people, Israel, and will plant them. And they may dwell in a place of their own and mm, move no more. Nor shall the sons of the wickedness oppress them anymore as previously. God's making a covenant with his people. God is still a covenant God. He's still making this covenant. If you fully surrender to him, he'll take you places. He'll put you places. He'll say, this is your dwelling place. And if you allow him to plant you and allow you to grow you, then you're going to move miraculously about in different areas that God is controlling. And no weapon formed against you shall prosper. No matter the heartaches that you face in life, it's all about our faithfulness to God. Because as we sing, he's faithful to us countless and countless times. They say that we thank you, God. We thank you. We thank you for the victories in battle. King David in Psalms 24, he tells us that he's the king of glory. The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. If you've been through a battle, if you're going through a battle, I, I encourage you if you're able to just stand to your feet and give God a hand clap of praise. I encourage you to stand to your feet and give him a shout of triumph. Let him know that you're walking in victory. Let him know that you trust him tonight. Let him know, huh? Yeah, amen. Huh? Let him know. Let him know. All of Israel said, we are thankful, God. We're thankful that you're Yahshua. We're thankful that you're the God who dwells in our house. You may be seated. Amen. You got to let him know what you're thankful for. You got to let him know the abundance that he's given you. You got to be able to just stand up and tell him, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. All of Israel was thankful. They're thankful that he established them. He could have called any nation, but he called Israel. And he gave them a dwelling place. And then he started protecting them from their enemies. How many of you like that? You like that? You like that? Let me read Malachi 3 and 11 for you. It has the same promise for us. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast forth her fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. So bring your tithes to God and God will establish you and God will protect you and all that. That's what he's saying. I will establish you. I will protect you. I will be in your dwelling place. I will go wherever you go in the battle that you face. You'll walk in victory because of your faithfulness to me. King David, again, he dedicated the silver, the gold, and the bronze to the Lord. He didn't try to hold any of it back for himself. He said, God, you blessed us with this. And to you, I return all of this. In your pay, 
God has blessed you with your pay. You want increase? Trust him and start tithing and watch increase take place in your life. If I'm King David, I remind myself, Pastor Robert started touching on it this morning whenever he said, you got to remind yourself. You got to remind yourself whenever, whenever you start talking about the, the covenant and you start talking about communion, he said, you got you to go back to your past. And if I'm King David, I got to go back to my past and I got to remind myself that, that God allowed me to slay a lion. I got to remind myself that he allowed me to slay a bear. I got to remind myself that he allowed me to slay a giant. We got to remind ourselves, what has God allowed you to slay? Has it been cancer? How many cancer survivors we got? Huh? Huh? Amen. Praise the Lord. Has he allowed you to slay cancer? Huh? Has he allowed you to slay alcohol, drugs, adultery, fornication? What is it that he's allowed you to slay? You got to go back and tell him, Lord, I'm glad. I'm thankful that you've allowed me to slay this giant. Because that's what he wants to hear from you. Because whenever you start getting faithful to him, whenever you start praising him for the things that he brought you from, it only advances you to the things that he wants you to go into. He doesn't want you to hide in shame and guilt. He wants to bring you out in glory. Why? Because he is near. For that thy, thy name is near. His name is near. I love the names of God. I like to tell him in the morning time. I like to tell him that he's Elohim. I like to say, you're the Lord God, my creator. I like to say that you're Jehovah Jireh. You're the Lord God, my provider. Without you, I have nothing. I am nothing because you're my provider. You sustain my health. You give me the health that I walk with. You are Jehovah Rapha. You're the Lord God, my healer. We talked a little bit ago. They asked me if I took some NyQuil to get rid of this junk. And I said, I did. I took one dose. And then I realized I I wasn't listening to my own preaching because I preach, you take communion. So I took one dose of NyQuil. And then I went back to what I preach, the blood and the bread of life. And I started taking communion. Sure, this crud's still trying to come up on me, but I'm a lot better today than I was yesterday. And I'm just going to continue to press on. I'm thankful because he's near me. Matthew 1 1 and 23, it's the same verse as Isaiah 7 and 14. He said in the Old Testament, he says it in the New Testament, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which be interpreted is God with us. It's just not a title. Those aren't titles. That's his character. That's his character. He wants to be with us. It's his very nature that he wants to be the God with us. Hmm. God doesn't want us to be alone. He wants to be our God. He wants to be our all in all. And he wants us to be his people. But when I think about it, when I start writing this, I put in here, I said, when I think about it, it saddens me. Because we let so many things compete with that number one spot. And it should only belong to God. But we let so many things get in the way of what God wants to do. Matthew 6 and 33, he tells us, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given unto you. Emmanuel, God with us, desires that you seek his kingdom first. Jimmy and I were talking about it. He's teaching Mark in Sunday school. I encourage you to go to Sunday school on Sunday morning, 9 a.m. You're going to get blessed. You're going to learn a lot. He, he, He takes it deep. We were talking about it in Mark. I said, I said, what he teaches you in Mark He teaches you habits. Jesus teaches you habits. Maybe you don't have a good habit, but Jesus demonstrates them for you. He goes and he prays. He sets the example. 
He first sought the kingdom of heaven and God his father's righteousness and then all things were added unto him. What are you talking about, pastor? We read it. Many times he went and he prayed and he went and done the father's will. Miraculous things happen. He get worn out, what happened? He go back and he pray. He done the miraculous. He fed 5,000. What happened? He sent them across. He sent his disciples away in the boat and he said, I gotta go pray. What happened? His disciples were in the middle of a storm. But who was praying? The Son of God. Jesus was praying. Why? Because he was getting filled up because he knew he had to go get his disciples out of a storm. That's you and I. We're the disciples. But he sets the example that if we get in our prayer closet mm, and seek his righteousness, maybe it's us that he sends to help get a brother and sister out of a storm. Amen? But it's all about seeking his righteousness. God is near us. Mm, God is with us. Deuteronomy 3 and 18, in the Lord, he it is that doeth go before thee. Just because Jesus went away and prayed doesn't mean that the Father wasn't going before him. Well, doesn't mean that the Father wasn't leading him into the lame into those that were paralyzed, into the sick, into those that were just crying out, David, son of God, have mercy on me. It was the father that went before him. He will go with thee. He'll go with you and I. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. Listen, he will not fail you. Losing my brother-in-law to cancer, he didn't fail me. My brother-in-law got saved and he took him home. He didn't fail me. Maybe my brother-in-law would have backslidden and went back down a road that he wasn't supposed to go. But he confessed Jesus Christ is his Lord and Savior. He battled hard. But I'm proud to say that he's in heaven. I don't know the road that would have happened if he would have got healed on this, on this planet. I don't know that he would have stayed faithful to God. I don't know those things. He'll never fail me. I know where he is. So I know that he never failed me. One day I'm going to see him again. Amen. Yeah. Oh God, we give thanks unto thee for thy name is near thy wondrous works. Look around at God's wonderful, wonderful deeds. Man, I, I, I tried to stay away from you. So I stayed in my office this morning. And then as the choir came back, I went outside because I didn't really want to be around any of them. And, and I, I was just standing out there and, and I'm looking at Gibb and Christie's house and, and I'm looking the mountainside and it's just covered with yellow and red and green. And it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. That's God's wondrous works. That's his deeds. He's got every season laid out for us. He's got tomorrow laid out for you and I. But what will we do with it? Will we walk in victory? Will we walk disgusted and busted? What are we going to do? He's near us. Think about all the mighty miracles. Man, those two miracles this morning, that young lady came down here telling me about the cancer report, and I'm just thankful to hear Jim Stevens feels like he's 20-year-old again, and, and he's, he's just excited and running. Huh? Think about that. Rodney come down and talk to me this evening also about a gentleman who's just, his life feels like it's turned around, huh? That's God doing miracles. Think about, you might not see it all the time, you may not hear it all the time, but God is doing miracles in our lives. Look at all the salvations that we see. There's no greater miracle. I was lost, bound for hell. You were lost, bound for hell. No greater miracle 
than to be called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Look at Jewel City Church, 23 people, January 8th, 1994, in an old Chevrolet garage. Now look at it. 562 people today in the sanctuary. Huh? That's God. That's God. You go out in that new building, I go out there, I'm just like Pastor Robert, I'm like, wow. You know, we, we were able to have Fall Fest inside of a facility. Nobody got sick. Everybody was covered from the rain. Look at God's miraculous work that he's doing for each and every one of us. Every day, we got something that we can stand up and say, wow. Look at the growth of, of, of the kids' church. We've already built two new classrooms because it's grown. Look at, look at the youth facility. It's grown. Look at life groups. They're growing. God's doing great things. We just got to remember to be like that one leper that comes back and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord. Look at his wonderful works. Psalm 75, verse 2 and 3. When I select an appointed time, it is I who will judge uprightly. When the earth and all of its people quake, it is I who hold its pillars firm. And it says, shall I, which means to pause, which means to think about that statement. When I select an appointed time, I will judge uprightly. The earth and its people, they quake, but it's I who hold the pillars of it. No man can do this. These verses are talking about the Lord God Almighty only. He's the only one that can judge uprightly. He's the only one that can hold the foundations firmly together. While this world looks chaotic, while it's falling apart in confusion and disorder, none of this takes God by surprise. None of this chaotic behavior is new to him. He's seen it from the beginning. He's seen it from his own children, the Israelites. Remember Moses is on the hill. And he saw chaotic behavior. Moses makes them grind up the golden calf and he makes them drink of it. He's seen chaotic and crazy behavior. None of this is new and he will see it until he returns, the end. Amen? God has appointed a time until he chooses to appear, until he chooses to split the sky wide open and step out in, the, in for us. We should be living rightly. We should be living so that we're not judged by our sinful nature. We rather we should be judged by our love and our belief for Jesus Christ. Amen. Last week we heard or we, we, we listened to the message about David, King David, how he couldn't judge rightly between the, the rich man and the poor man. We can't judge rightly either because we all have fallen short of the glory of God. Who are we to judge someone? But there's one that knew no sin. He conquered hell, death, and the grave. And he lives today at the right hand of the Father. And he intercedes on our behalf that we would not fail. That we would live righteous. That we would prosper the kingdom of heaven. That we would continue to advance Jesus here today. Pause and think about it. Shut your eyes. Imagine Jesus. Imagine you're there in that, that, that courtyard watching him take whippings. Imagine his skin being poured off, ripped off, just for you. He did it for you, he did it for me. He holds the whole world in his hands. 
How great is our God? How great is our God? Let's give him a hand clap of praise. How great is our God? Mm. Psalm 75, verses 4 and 5, he says, I say unto the fools, deal not foolishly. And to the wicked, lift not up the horn. Lift not up your horn on high. Speak not with a stiff neck. Jesus tells us that for whatever, for whoever exalts himself, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Mm. And he who humbles himself will be exalted in Luke 14 and 11. Whoever exalts himself, God will humble. Well, whoever humbles himself, God will lift up. Don't be foolish. Don't do foolish things. If you're into foolish things, get over it. Stop being into foolishness. If you're into doing wicked things, humble yourselves. Humble yourself and be the bigger person and get out of it. You know, two or three weeks ago, I had a, I had a young gentleman. I, I visited his grandma. She's got cancer, and, and I take her to appointments and stuff. And he called me a name, and... and uh, Man, it has worn me out. I'll be honest, I want to punch him in his face. I want to take him outside. And, and I just want, uh, I really wanted to devour him. On Thursday, I took grandma to dinner. And I told him, I said, I, I don't care for you disrespecting me. I said, but I have odd against you. And I have to ask for forgiveness for my anger at you right now. I had to be the bigger and better person. I had to humble myself. I didn't do nothing. I didn't do nothing. But I didn't have no peace because I was, I was upset. I, every time I thought about him saying those words to me, I was so angry and all I wanted to do was punch him. And on Thursday, I stuck out my hand and I said, I got to ask you for forgiveness. He said, for what? I said, because you called me a name. I said, I can't handle that disrespectfulness. He didn't even know. Didn't even know how bad it bothered me. But my hard heart was getting in the way. My prayer time, my focusing on God time, all of it, being real. I had, I had to get rid of my hard heart. So let's look at somebody else with a hard heart. God sent Moses to Pharaoh to get his people. Deal not foolishly. Don't lift up your horn. Horn is a symbol of power. The wicked one and the wicked believe they have power, but nothing, but nothing, no weapon can stand against the kingdom of God. Amen. He is almighty God. He spoke the world into existence. Everything that he says, his word never returns void. It will go out. It will prosper. It will return the way that it's supposed to return. It will do the things that it was supposed to do. It will walk in victory. It will make everyone have victory. Pharaoh dealt foolishly with Moses. So God demonstrated his power. The first plague, the Nile turned into blood. The second, third, and fourth plague, he sent frogs and lice and flies all over the land. Could you imagine? Mm. And Pharaoh's heart is still hard. I don't know how many croaking I could have. I don't know how much itching I could have. I don't know how much swatting I could put up with. But Pharaoh's heart is still hard. So the fifth, the fifth one, he sent livestock, diseased, and all the livestock of Egypt died. But the Israelites, none of their animals died. Exodus 9 and 5, it says, then the Lord appointed a set time. Mm. Man, I, I hope that you're catching on to this tonight because the Lord is the one who appoints a set time. Right. Saying tomorrow, the Lord will do this thing 
in the land. I tell you, if you want God to do something in your land, you need to set a time apart for him so that he can do something for you in a set time. Amen. God sets the time. God sent boils upon the Egyptians and Pharaoh still holds to his power and says, I'm not letting them go. And God tells Pharaoh in Exodus 9 and 17, as yet you exalt yourself against my people and that you won't let them go. Remember, those who exalt themselves against God, he will humble. God sends a heavy hailstorm and he destroys all things. But Pharaoh still won't humble himself. God sends the eighth and the ninth plague, the locusts and darkness. He's still hard-hearted. So he sends the tenth plague, the firstborn dies. Pharaoh is hard-hearted, is broke. And he gives in and he releases the Israelites. Only the later what? To do what I was thinking. It was, it was just engulfed. It was enraging me that, I, that I, I was bothered by that guy. Pharaoh's bothered. I, I just let him go. I let my slaves go. So what's he do? He goes and he chases him down. And his hard heart cost him his life. Swallowed up in the Red Sea. Cost him everything. His hard heart cost him his son. Cost him his own life. Cost him his nation. He was a prosperous king. But his hard heart, his pride, got in the way of everything. James 3 and 16, for where envy and self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing that are there, every evil thing are there. Where there's jealousy, where there's resentment, where there's self-seeking, it's not of God. Repent of it. Resist foolishness. Resist the devil. Turn to God. Don't let it consume you. Don't let it consume you like it did Pharaoh. Don't be stiff-necked. When I think about someone being stiff-necked, I think about the ox back in those days. I can think about my own self, bridle on a horse, and, and that horse didn't want that bridle in there, or, or, or we put the collar on it because it was about to pull some logs over the hill, and you had to fight that thing. It was resisting. Don't, don't resist what God wants to do. God wants to put his yoke upon you. God wants to put salvation upon you, but it's greater than salvation. We can go further, deeper with Christ. We can go deeper with the Father. It goes deeper, but we've got to desire it. He wants to put his yoke upon you. In his yoke, he gives wisdom. In his yoke, he gives peace, and it's easy, and it's light, it tells us in Matthew. His yoke is forgiveness. His yoke is healing. He's lowly and meek, and he wants to love you. Too often, we wait until that we're in bondage before we humble ourselves and we call out to God. God is for us, he's not against us, and he wants you to stay in a relationship with him. Psalm 75, verse six and seven. For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge, he putteth down one and setteth up another. Maybe you're waiting for promotion. Your promotion in your, in your, in your job, it comes from hard work. It comes from dedication because God says, put your hand to the plow. You do, God will raise you up. God is the judge. We'll go back to the time of Saul and David before they were kings. God had judges. These judges did everything. And there's even a book in the Bible called Judges. You can read it. These judges did everything that God commanded, right? Samuel was the last good judge and he became old. So he appointed his two sons, Joel and Abiah. And to judge over everybody. But they were corrupt. They took bribes and they, they perverted their judgment because you could pay them off. 
So the elders of the Israelites came to Samuel and said, we demand a king to judge over us. They want to be like other nations. They want a king. Samuel prays in the Lord and the people, he says, the people want a king to rule over them. And God tells Samuel, give them a king. Pay attention. For they haven't rejected you, Samuel. They have rejected me. That I should not reign over them. I don't know what you're going through in life. We shouldn't put anybody on a pedestal. You got to be careful of who you're listening to. Those people wanted a king. Samuel took it to heart. Listen, just because you're pouring into people and you're pouring into people and they reject you, don't take it personal because they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting God. As you continue to grow and sow, as you continue to grow in your faith and you continue to pour out Jesus and people resist you and they say, that's not for me. Listen, they're not rejecting you. You keep doing it. You keep sowing because God said, go into all nations and preach the gospel. They're rejecting God. It's not you. Don't go home and look in the mirror and examine yourself and say, why can't I get through to them? It's not you. They're rejecting God. God just told Samuel himself. He said, it's not you, Samuel. It's me. So God sends Saul to Samuel. And Samuel speaks everything to Saul that is commanded of him. Listen to 1 Samuel 10 and 6. And the spirit of the Lord will come upon thee. This is Samuel talking to Saul. And the spirit of the Lord will come upon thee. And thou shalt prosper with them. Thou, thou shalt prophesy with them. And shall be turned into another man. The, Lord, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee. Thou shalt prophesy with them, and thou shalt be turned into another man. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, therefore, if you are new in Christ, you are a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things become new. You become a new creation. He says it in the Old Testament. He says it in the New Testament that if you surrender to him, you become a new man. You get a new spirit inside of you. He's going to raise you up to do what he wants you to do. Huh? Huh? So Saul is king. What happens? He rejects the commandments of God. 1 Samuel 15, Saul was to kill and destroy all the Malachites. Everyone, every livestock, leave nothing alive. Saul didn't kill King Agag of the Malachites, and he saved the best livestock for himself. Saul had listened to the voice of the people, and he saved these things. Again, we've got to be careful to the voice that we're listening to, because maybe their, their thoughts and their best intentions aren't God's. God rejected Saul because of disobedience. And this wasn't the first time that he was disobedient. So what God did was he removed Saul and he raised up another king. The Lord sought him a man after his own heart. Promotion comes from God. Neither Saul or David expected to be king, but your walk with the Lord will determine your, your promotion. He's not looking at your outside. He's looking at your inside. Chase after God, for that is where your help comes from. Stay humble. Think about this for just a second. Saul's a farmer. David's a shepherd. Peter's a fisherman. Get a hold of that. A farmer, a shepherd, and a fisherman. And God called them out to do his work. It doesn't matter if you're in the garden. It doesn't matter if you're in the sheep pasture. It doesn't matter if you're in a mansion. It doesn't matter where, what miry you come from. God's going to cleanse you up 
is if you surrender to him so that you can do his work and prosper his kingdom. Amen? He desires to help you find your destiny, but it takes obedience. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. All these good promises, it comes with obedience. Psalm 75 and 8, for in the hand of the Lord, there is a cup and the wine is red. It is full of mixture and he poureth out of the same, but the dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth shall wring them out and drink them. Dregs are water pitchers for pails, okay? The Lord is the judge and in his hand is a cup of wrath. And for those that have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, as the Messiah, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. For those that have confessed, Jesus drank that cup of wrath for us. He was scourged by the Romans 39 times. He took all the whippings. He took all of our sins, all of our infirmities, all the beating. He took our death so that we could be righteousness so that we could be the sons and daughters of God. If you haven't confessed Jesus, today's your day. If you backslidden, today's your day. Listen, Luke 12 and five, but I will forewarn you whom you shall fear, fear him, which after he has killed has the power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Luke 13 and 28, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourself thrust out. Are you ready? Because it's telling me right there. Those that, are, those that are cast down into the pits of hell, you'll be able to see your family. You'll be able to see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Are you ready? Are you covered by the blood? There's only one way, and that's through Jesus. He took the cup, and he drank it for us. Don't put it off. Heaven and hell, they're real places. Jesus drank it. In closing, verses 9 and 10, he says, but I will declare forever. I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. Man, when you think of Jacob, he was a thief. He was a con artist. And he did it against his own brother. He did it against his own father. But because of Abraham and Isaac's covenant, he made that same covenant. And you can read it in Genesis 28, verses 12 through 15. He's asleep and he sees angels coming down the ladder, up and down. And the Lord speaks to him. He says, I am God. I am the father. I am God of the father, Abraham and, and Isaac. And I'm going to make the same covenant with you. I'm going to bless your people. You're going to be like dust of the earth. You're going to be all over the world. He was a thief and a con man. But God brought him out of that miry and turned him into somebody that he could use for his kingdom. <clears throat> he says, all the horns of the wicked also were well, cut off but the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. God desires to live a holy life. God desires us to be spiritually alive. He came to seek and save those which are lost. That was me, that was you. And tonight, if, you're not, if you don't know Jesus, that's you tonight, that he wants to save you. He said, it, it's better to cut off a hand or a foot that offends than to be cast into hell. He says, if an eye offends, pluck it out. It's better to have one eye and to be cast into hell. The word says it's better to be maimed or blind and live right knowing heaven is your home than to gain the whole world and lose your soul. Stay humbled. Stay fixed on God. He will exalt you in due time. 
And timing is everything. Everything. God is right on time because he's a right on time God. Sing praises, sing unto the Lord. He gave it all, he paid it all. And as much as you're counting on him, Christ is counting on you. Spread the good news of Jesus. Sing songs, praise the Lord, because we have a lot to be thankful for. Amen. If you will, stand your feet. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. If you will, bow your heads and close your eyes. Is there one here tonight that would say, Pastor, I've never confessed Jesus. I've never asked him to be the Lord of my life. Is there one here tonight? Today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. Is there one here tonight that would say, I've never confessed him? If that's you, I'd encourage you to raise your hand. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're thankful for tonight, Lord God. And Father, we're thankful for your word, Lord God. And Father, I pray that it would continue to prosper in our hearts, Lord God, that we would think about what we've heard tonight, Lord God. That we would carry that thankful spirit with us everywhere that we go. That we would share the testimonies of that man that got saved today. That we share the testimony that he healed a young lady of cancer. How he restored a man of a great age to youthful feelings. God, we're so thankful. We humble ourselves tonight, Lord God, as, as we examined ourselves, Lord God, as we looked in this morning before we took communion, Lord God. We want to say thank you for Jesus. We want to say thank you for the cross. We want to thank you for the Holy Spirit. We want to thank you that we are a new creation, Lord God. Holy Spirit, we ask you to draw us in our morning hour as Jesus went out and he sought you early in the morning that we would make that habit our habit, that we would seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, that we'd ask you, Father, what is your will for me today? What should I do for you? How can I do it? Where do you want me to go? Send me and I will go. Lay on our heart, Father, scripture that you would have us to read so that we can share it with brothers and sisters. Lord, lay before us people this week that we can share of your goodness. Those who know you, put someone before us that is unsaved so we can talk about you and the goodness of Jesus and the cross. God, I pray a blessing over everyone that's here and those that aren't. I pray for those that are sick and afflicted, Lord God, that you touch them, manifest, cleanse them, Lord God, and heal them in the name of Jesus. Father, we just ask you to bless our week, and we're thankful that you go before us. We ask your blessing in the name of Jesus, and amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 